Today's episode of Pushing Through is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted, 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid BJ Armstrong. And today, we have another special guest, and we have another great prompt. It's anything but basketball, and this time it's with Brooke Lopez. Brooke, welcome to Pushing Through. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Brooke, it's so great to see you. It's so great to see you. I can't believe it. You know, you're you're a savvy veteran right now. You've, you've completely changed your game. We don't want to talk about basketball. So we want to get right to it. We want to get right into it. You know, I know you're a DC Comics guy. But we're into the Marvel time world over here. We're into the Marvel time world. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. Yeah. Give us your breakdown. Give us your breakdown on, on Marvel. Give us your breakdown on DC Comics and what's going on in that universe. Yeah, as you said, I've always been a DC Comics guy. I grew up reading DC Comics, you know. Uh, Batman, Green Arrow were two favorite heroes. Love the Justice League and everything. But just looking at what Marvel's done over the past 10 years, obviously, and then what DC's done, it's just like, as a DC guy, it's it's, it's been frustrating for me. You know, <laughs> I mean, like Marvel's got it down to a science. They're making movies like the, the next movies they got coming out are Shang-Chi, the Eternals, like these yes. like... Great characters, great characters, but like these like third string characters that they're getting to now and DC is still having trouble. I don't know if they're just not willing to make a really great modern Superman movie or make a really great, you know, Justice League movie, but they're still trying to figure that out, which is just baffling to me because I think the DC heroes are so, so ripe for a, for a great movie, great franchise. I think they're perfect for it, but. D- DC seems to be struggling with that. You know, I, I, I got to ask this real quick question. Real quick question. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. I know you're a DC Comics guy. I'm a Marvel. I'm a Marvel guy, right? Let, let's see. No one's listening. It's just you and I talking now. You know, <laughs> right. we're not talking to basketball. <laughs> okay, right. But I love the fact that the science is with the Marvel guys. It's like some scientific, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's like... You know, I I, I, I I can like I can learn a little bit while I'm being entertained. Is that is do you take that into a factor? I love I love Batman. Don't get me wrong. I love. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you take that into to account? I think it, I think it can be there on both sides. Obviously, in the movies, Marvel has absolutely gone with the science route strongly. And it, it kind of it works for them because when you look at the DC heroes, a lot of these heroes down at their core, when you look at Batman or you look at Superman or you look at Wonder Woman, they're they're kind of like these God-level mythological heroes that, that um, they're, uh, when, you, when you look at them, I guess, I'm trying to say like, they're these pretty perfect ideals of what heroes should be versus when you look at guys like uh, 
Spider-Man or Iron Man and stuff like that. They have these somewhat more flawed alter egos. Like, you know, Spider-Man's this teenage kid and uh, Tony Stark isn't the this perfect guy. You know, his father had this weapons company that he was born into that, uh, and um they 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 use the uh, and they had to use science. They had to use science in their brains to cre- kind of create their identities and personas as well. Granted, you know, I guess Spider Man got bit by the spiders, but you know, he he created a lot of his gadgets. Uh, you know, and he has to use his mind a lot as well. And Brooke, do you blame Batman? Because that's what Robin told us yesterday. He said when he looks at the DC, you know, cinematic universe, you know, a lot of the fall comes back to Batman. And it's not Batman's fault, but it's just the idea that everyone is obsessed with Batman. So we have to make the same movie 15 times. Yeah, that's absolutely right. It's it's tough because Batman's got this incredibly diverse, deep world that he lives in. So many fantastic allies so many great villains mm. i mean you could make 20 batman movies and have 20 great batman villains show up in each one razal ghoul yeah i mean a good list goes yeah, on yeah. oh yeah you could go down the list absolutely and it's it's great but at the same time it's kind of like printing money you know it's just it's it's an easy <laughs> thing to do you keep making batman and everyone's gonna go see batman but there's so much more to the dc universe that it seems DC is less excited to put out there or maybe they just want to put Batman in there, hopefully to shore up what they think won't work. But I think the real issue is that just, it feels to me that DC, especially with his movies is kind of ashamed of what the, what their heroes really are. When you look at like how dark they've made these DC comics movies versus growing up, these, these, these were, brightly colored characters, you know, that, uh, that were good people, good heroes fought for truth and justice and all that stuff. Uh, and I guess, I, I don't know if DC feels like that's kind of hokey now, or, or I don't know, they, they want more anti-heroes or and, and dark heroes and stuff like that. But I, I think they're kind of missing the boat repeatedly with, the, the take they're going with. Mm. Hey, hey, Brooke, we didn't ask Robert about this, but I got to touch on this. The Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix. We love heroes. We love archi- you know, archetypes here. Right. We, you know, we, right. Yes. Are you a fan of The Matrix? And what do you think I, of all four? I am. I am. I'm definitely a fan of The Matrix, especially the first one, obviously. The first right. one, incredible, changed sci-fi movies uh, forever. You know, and it kind of came out a a little unheralded, honestly, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, but uh, it was just, it was, I mean, shoot, I I binged watched them with a friend just before the season. We watched all three in one night. It kind of just randomly. I wasn't invited. I I bet I've watched them a hundred times, you know, know, in Chicago, you know, the Wachowskis, they're from Chicago and I got a chance to uh, befriend them. And really, kind of take a deep dive into the to the to the background of it. So, yeah, give but you I wasn't cool invited. They, they didn't give me any insights. They they asked me for my interpretation. It was like, oh wow, okay, that's good. Yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. So every time there's a new one out, they always invite me, like V for Vendetta and Speed Racer and all of their movies right, that they come out. Is. But uh, but you're you're a huge fan. You're a huge fan of Neil, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I, I thought, especially that first one, it was just um, the the way they created this. Man, it's just. I feel like. Oh, what am I trying to say here? The the city they film the the actual Matrix in. Right. I think it's like it's where it's. I, I can't remember where it is, but. If you could, yeah, please look that up for me, Tate. But it's just, it fills in kind of as like a generic city where you really could feel like you could step in, in Neo's shoes. You know, right. it creates that situation where where it, it can be an, any man, any hero, and you can put yourself in the protagonist's shoes. And I think you can kind of follow that all the way through and enjoy the journey from Neo's perspective, kind of because they put you in that right situation. It was Australia. South Wales, Australia is where they shot everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not exactly like a typical, I feel like, Hollywood city that they would film at, and it creates that vibe where, like, this could be you. This could, this could be anyone. It could be any place. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I did want to ask, Brooke, because, you know, we talked about the Disney love, and I feel like you guys get that a lot. Everyone asks why you love Disney parks and everything like that. But just Walt Disney, the the, the figure himself and the, the stories that he told and who he was, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I feel like that's a fascinating part of it that you looked up to him like a cartoonist. And you guys have so much imagination, it seems, being two big guys that play basketball. But what, what was your fascination with this guy, with Disney himself and, and just the idea of creating these worlds and these characters? Yeah, um, I'd always been interested in just world building in, in general, like mm. like reading wise, reading books like Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia and stuff like that. And here's a guy that, um, you know, from the very be beginning, uh, creating his short subject cartoons, uh, going on, creating the first full length feature animation uh, movie. Um continually created new worlds and new realms on film for us to see visually, and then got the idea to take that and to put it in the real world. And so he's literally world building in our world though. And he's creating these fantasy realms, making them real, magic made real. Um, and it just really impressed me with him that every time he wanted to do something, all the naysayers, thought he was insane. You know, they called <laughs> Snow White Disney's Folly. Right. Uh, the Disneyland, you know, they were like, why would you want to make an amusement park? They're, they're looking back at like stuff like Coney Island and old time amusement parks that are filled with carnies and just garbage and riffraff and stuff like that. They didn't understand what he was trying to do. But he had so much belief uh, in, in his ideas. They always pushed through and at times took the, the companies and his entire finances essentially betting on himself to create these ideas. And they always got bigger and bigger as he went on. He never really stayed on one thing. Once he did his shorts, the series of shorts kept going through the late fifties and sixties, but he made his shorts. He enjoyed that. And then he set sights on something new. Oh, now I want to do full length animation after he succeeded in that making. Oh, Man, I mean, his first all five, the hits, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. His first five movies are class, all-time animated classics. You you go on from there. He he wanted to build his theme park. He wanted to build Disneyland, literally Disneyland. And then from there, I mean, I think his most exciting thing, and he unfortunately didn't get to finish, was Epcot Center. Ep Epcot, excuse me, his experimental right. prototype community tomorrow. Just he wanted to write 
all the wrongs of society and, and, and do that by creating his own city where he could kind of test and experiment with everything. Yeah. You, you know, Brooke, it's the, I've kind of ventured off into animation, in particular, the Clone Wars. I'm really excited oh. about the Bad Batch. Ooh, okay. <laughs> You know, being a Star Wars fan and, and 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 listening to that storytelling, the Japanese animation. I want you to talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. But are you a fan of the Clone Wars, the Bad Batch that's coming up, <laughs> and the storytelling you utilizing animation because animation has really advanced over the last, let's say, ten to fifteen mm-hmm. years. And, yes. and I think it's 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 really coming to the forefront as far as storytelling and being able to expand these worlds things that you could do with animation there's some things you can't do you know like say like with the mandalorian and so forth and so on yeah yeah absolutely you know i mean you look at animation and for the longest time it was looked at something that was just uh at least in the western world it was looked at something that was just uh like a children's medium like it's Mm -hmm. strictly Mm -hmm. just uh for for children and now you see obviously uh, i think i think part of it is Obviously, people becoming more accepting, but all the people that have grown up so readily with animation, you know, they're becoming adults and they're they're, I think, continuing to kind of create this ongoing circle of creating new great animation, new great animation. These kids always can obviously continue to grow up, become the adults, create more animation. And that being said, you know, there's so many things you can do in the world of animation that you can't do in reality. And I think that's great for something like the star Wars universe. You know, right. there's people can say what they want about the prequels, but they did at the very least create a lot of new, exciting world and set pieces and animation allows, you know, people like Dave Filoni and everyone creating right. clone wars to go into those set pieces and tell a lot of exciting new adventures that you couldn't tell in reality. And Brooke, do you have, I mean, you mentioned the prequel, so I have to ask, I was of that generation when they came out, you know, that, that was more of like, you know, young Natalie Portman, I was a young kid, so I loved the prequels as a kid, and then you get older, everyone tells you that they're terrible, and that they're bad, and that yada, 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 but then you go back and watch them, and they're not that bad, and in fact, I think they've gotten better Take- with time. They've gotten better they with time. Are incredible. What do you mean that bad? They, they, they're incredible. I'm, I'm it's Star say, Wars. That's what I'm saying. I think they hold up. I think that they were they were wrongly maligned, I should say. You know, I, I appreciate the prequels because I think when you look at the most current sequel trilogy, yep. yes. in comparison to the original trilogy, they they tried to stay too much, especially with a lot of story beats and everything like that, to what the original trilogy did. With the prequel trilogy, at least, George was willing to go out there and just try new things every episode. Mm. In all three movies, there's so many new different things that we hadn't really seen in Star Wars before that still obviously tie into the original trilogy and telling the story of the Skywalkers and Anakin's Fall of the Dark Side and everything. But he, he created a lot of new different worlds that we hadn't seen. And I think that's something that they kind of try to shy away from in the, in the newer sequel trilogy mm. brooke how do you like the storytelling of what's going on on disney plus <laughs> i enjoy disney plus i love it like i there, there's always something to throw on like so when i get into a hotel in a new city the first thing i do is i get my laptop pull out my hdmi cord and hook it up to the tv <laughs> and throw on like 
Amazon Prime or Disney Plus. Those are the two I go to. <laughs> in Disney Plus, like, there's always something. I can take a deep dive and pull up, like, the old Wonderful of a Color TV show and see one of those serials or yep. – or, uh, one thing I really enjoyed, obviously, was the Imagineering story. I yes. thought it was phenomenal. I've been binge watched that one day, day one. Uh, Love the Mandalorian, like you talked about, and then the Marvel TV shows too. They're phenomenal. Uh, I, I mean, it's 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 really impressive the the content they're putting out. Pretty much, and they they do it right, weekly basis, six eight shows. Then the next show comes on. Right. It's great. There's there's always something on there. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. to take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends at First Leaf. Who hasn't been there before? You're standing in the wine aisle, staring at the shelves. Do you want a California red? Maybe something from Oregon? Maybe something organic, natural wine? Maybe just one with a really nice label? Thankfully, there's First Leaf, a better way to discover wine at a fraction of the price you'll find in the store. First Leaf works directly with the world's best winemakers, not only to find the best wines available, but to pass the savings on to you, saving you up to 60% off retail. And I will say this, my First Leaf packages come in. I'm a big fan of Barolos, have had some of the best I've ever had thanks to First Leaf. Save time, money, and stress with First Leaf, the wine club designed with you in mind. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash pushin p-u-s-h-i-n that's six bottles of wine for 29.95 and free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash pushin back to pushing through you know when i when i was watching uh wandavision i did not realize until later that there was actual a live audience yeah yeah i mean that that's that, and that's great that's that's what's great about it right it's like it's, it's that kind of detail that kind of dedication that really makes it I, I heard that um, researching for the show, obviously it goes through time periods, kind of tells a history of sitcoms as well as telling, you know, the whole Scarlet Witch vision right. story. Um, and so they reached out to uh, Dick Van Dyke, you know, right. obviously great Dick Van Dyke, a huge, great all-time sitcom, and, and talked to him uh, and asked him about, you know, what they should do in certain situations and just for advice in general for those, uh, you know, old-timey sitcom scenes. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also cool when you have a show like WandaVision that can teach young kids about history without it having to be boring in history. You know what I mean? Where you can like jump back through times. They're like, wow, that's how things work back then. I just learned something. And then like BJ's been talking about, you go to a movie like when Loki's coming out and it all connects. So like, you know, you if you started in 2008 and, and you were on this journey, you've had a, an, a, like an, an ongoing story narrative in your life. And that's all thanks to Marvel. Yeah, yeah. My, my, I was actually talking about this with my, my friend Ryan the other day. It's, it's, it would be really interesting to talk to like maybe like a, I don't know, a ten-year-old kid or eight-year-old kid from two thousand eight who's just followed these movies essentially his whole life, or maybe even younger. You know, right. essentially grown up with these, and just uh, to kind of have his perspective on all this. Like it's just they've done such a good job, obviously, of their long through their long-form storytelling, and I think. I mean, obviously, like this is, I, they're Star Wars essentially, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh, they, they've just done such a great job of creating this whole saga. 
Brooke, at what point are you going to start the process of building your own world? I know it's somewhere <laughs> in there. I know you got something incredible, incredibly thinking around. I can, I can see it. I, when I, I remember when I first met you, right? I, I can't believe it's been that long ago. I said, no, no. the creativity and imagination that you and your brother had has been incredible, right? You guys travel, you guys are into these worlds. At what point are you going to take the real deep dive, jump off and take a chance at storytelling and building your own world? It's it's actually, I think it's going to be right around the corner now. You know, it's obviously, and you know, it's something that Rob and I have worked on for years, if not years, if not decades. You know, we, we grew up uh, taking, you know, art classes in school, creative writing at Stanford, all sorts of writing classes and everything. It's something we just loved and enjoyed, have always. And um, it's been more of a focus recently, like especially seeing all the streaming services we talked about, mm. Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, uh, Paramount Plus, you can go on and on and on. Um, but just there's so many different avenues for for great media. And, um, you know, uh, Rob and I have been talking about uh, a couple of TV shows, uh, a movie, a couple animated TV shows, animated movies, uh a live action show and then always my first love has always been uh novels just like again like lord of the rings narnia like in a few books like a trilogy of books as well and it's just something i've been kind of working on while i'm in a hotel room like this or on the plane wherever i may be just kind of getting sketches down writing getting <laughs> something out and then trying to put something together when do you fit Bring basketball in there? When do you fit basketball into this? <laughs> That's a lot on your plate. <laughs> That's a lot on your plate there. Uh, I, I have to ask, Brooke, you mentioned the not. Is there any uh, like series that you've seen, even if it has been made before, that you're like, I would love to do my spin on that? And it could be like a DC, like a, a comic book series that you're like, I would love to make that and make you know my vision of that as opposed to what's already been made. Yeah, I, I guess so. You mentioned Narnia initially. Yeah, I would love to get all the Narnia movies finally made one through seven because they always stop after like three or four. I would like to get seven good Narnia movies made. Uh, but comic book wise, I think, um, and this is kind of actually just recently off the top of my head after seeing, <laughs> I feel like a real misunderstanding of their the way their worlds work in the DC universe. Are the um, are the new gods, the new gods, and then the uh, new gods, obviously, uh, Dark Side, uh, High Father's People, a great Jack Kirby Kirby epic uh, created when he first came to DC Comics from Marvel. Um, I think there's so many characters there that are fascinating, and it's really a great kind of archetypical story that can be told if told right. And I think they're, they're missing a lot of the higher points and higher elements that are great in that story and kind of just turning a lot of the new gods villains like Darkseid and Steppenwolf into big bruisers, which just really misses the point mm. for, for what those characters are. So I guess to, yeah, to answer your question, the new gods is what I'd go at. That's a good one. Brooke, who, who's your favorite? We all, we always can go with who's your favorite character, but who's your favorite <laughs> villain? 
Like to me, I love the villains more than the, the, than the hero. I, I love the villains. Classic BJ. And, well, I, I mean, when you have a great villain, like when you have a great villain like Dark Vader, Dark Vader, I want to surpass Dark Vader, but I mean the suit, the every every time he makes an entrance into the the scene, it's just like incredible. I Rogue mean, it's One was the you. perfect example. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just makes an entrance. He doesn't say anything. He just starts breathing. And you go, that's Dark Vader. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like, is, is there a villain with the exception of Dark Vader that you so really that's, just Okay, love? I was going to say, I won't count Darth Vader. Yeah, don't that's count. His, Darth Vader is just easy. like the all-time favorite, right? Exactly. I mean, that's my all-time all favorite. All-time ultimate, <laughs> yeah. easy answer, yeah. So, you know what? I'm actually going to go with the great villain who completely scarred me as a child, and it's still kind of with me to this day. But I would choose the Wicked Witch from The Wizard of Oz. Wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a Completely terrified me as a child. Still, I'm a little iffy about the original. flying monkeys, man. That was the... Yeah, yeah. Was like, but yeah that stuff all messed me up. Really, really messed Same me up. Same here. I feel you. That's, yeah. that's, a, that's a good... You know what? That's a good one. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good one. I, I like that. Uh, uh, I, I have I to like ask, as we brought up Darth like Vader, uh, what did you think about Rogue One? And we got like the 30-second the snippet of him when he kind of goes off at the end of that movie. Did you want more, Brooke? Did you want more Darth Vader? Man, I mean... You, you kind of always want more Darth Vader, right? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> they, it's great because the movie obviously leads, like, literally leads into A New Hope. Um, but, yeah, I could always go for more Darth Vader. Like, if they were down <laughs> to do a Vader series where he's hunting down all the Jedi post uh, prequels or whatever. It feels I'm like that's for- coming. It does. It does yeah, feel like that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what Obi-Wan will be about. Mm. Yeah, ho- yeah, hopefully. What about Baby Yoda? I, I mean... <laughs> I, I, I'm getting soft as I get older. Like, I don't know why I fell in love with this character. Like, it, I don't know why I fell in love with the Baby Yoda character. I love that character, right? I, I just, I, 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 mean, I couldn't get enough of the Mandalorian. I, is it me or, or you know, I, I need to talk this out. I, I, I mean, the Mandalorians obviously like the production values, what they put into it, it's fantastic. And it's just, it really is incredible. Like. I wonder if they knew. Like, I mean, obviously they they hid the surprise of the first episode really well with Baby Yoda, right. but I wonder if they knew just how much of a juggernaut they had on their hands there. Because I mean, the the cultural phenomenon he became is is really astounding. Like, it's incredible. Everyone loves Baby Yoda. It's like it's not a question; it's a fact. Mm. It's, I, 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 I'm a huge fan of this Dave Filoni guy. I mean, whatever he touches just seems to be like. He gets yeah. it. Like, he gets I'm, I'm, it, mm-hmm. right? Whatever it is, him and George yeah. get it. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. He understands Star Wars. He he understands it completely. He gets it. He's one of those guys that gets it. And I'd be glad if they just, if Disney just left all the Star Wars stuff in his hands for the time being, continued right. on. Like, just, just let him handle it. Do you ever get worried, Brooke, that like something like Star Wars, you know, it's so tied to something else you love with Disney? Is is there too much of a mixing there where you're concerned that maybe Disney, you know, invests too much, makes too many series, you know, expands themselves too far with Star Wars? Because I feel like when it first happened, that's what people thought may happen. Oh, I, I do. I absolutely do. And I'm still I'm still a little like I saw the slate of. Star Wars alone, when they announced all the Star Wars shows they're going to put on Disney Plus, right. it must have been what, like 12 or 15 shows, right? And that's, 
there, there was a lot of exciting ideas. Like, I love Lando Calrissian. Lando's my guy. I'm there for Lando. <laughs> Orlando, uh, Orlando's your guy? <laughs> he is. He is. But, but to make 15 shows of anything and have them all be great, uh, wow. Like, that's tough. Yeah. It must have been like a three-year period or something like that. So, but, I mean, we'll see. Obviously, Mandalorian's been great. Scar or WandaVision, excuse me, has been great. Falcon Winter Soldier, great. So, yeah. Who know, I mean, who knows? Maybe they could do it. If anyone, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the plus aspect of it. What <laughs> it, it, you know? Because you're a huge fan of Star Wars. What, 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 I can't wait to see the Old Republic because I want to see this young Yoda. I want to see Yoda in his prime. <laughs> I want to see Yoda in his prime. I mean. <laughs> We catch Yoda when he's like 800 years old and he's still the best. <laughs> right. I want to catch Yoda right. when he's like, you know, in his prime, like mm-hmm. a prime Brooke Lopez. You know what I mean? 27-year-old I, I Yoda. Yeah. I want to see <laughs> right. like Yoda at his peak. How good? Uh, oh, yeah, yes. what, 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 that what, would what, be interesting to see. I mean, that would pretty much get the whole life cycle, right? Right. You've got Yoda, old Yoda, old Yoda, older Yoda, I guess. Then Yoda passing away into the force, force ghost Yoda. And now we have granted a different character of a species but baby yoda we've seen baby yoda he's like what 50 right so now maybe we'll get like their teenage years and like the <laughs> you know 70s 80s and like early hundred yoda we'll kind of see what you know what teenage yoda is like hey, hey bro can we nerd out for just a little bit just you and i just you and i okay baby yoda do you think yaddo and yoda had something to do with baby yoda what, what do you think what do you think? No, I was wondering where Yaddle went. Yaddle Wait, where, where did Yaddle go, right? Where I've been looking for Yaddle. Do you know? Where did she go? I have, I, I honestly, I'm not sure. Because I, I don't really know, like, now with, because the, they had all those extended universe stories before Disney took over in the comics and books and, and right. everything like that and video games. And they got rid of so much of that. I'm not sure, like, if Yaddle is still doing stuff she did in the extended universe or what they did in the new Marvel Disney comics or everything. They're like, you know, I'm not quite sure where Yaddle is right now. It might be something we have to take a deeper dive in eventually. <laughs> and and, and how, I mean, I always am fascinated by this with, you know, the, the fans of series trying to keep things canon, trying to figure out what is canon, because there's always, you know, like you said, there's an extended universe that comes out with these things. So how do you keep up? Uh, you and Robin obviously are probably doing this together. BJ's now in on it. How do you keep up with what's canon? How do you keep things, you know, in line? Do you get upset when things break canon? Because uh, I find that fascinating. I, I honestly, I kind of do get upset when things uh, break canon, canon, and I don't know if it's something just from my comic days of reading, like, you get your new comic every month. There's a new issue of Justice League every month, yep. and the, these stories have been told for 80 years now or whatever, and there's a pretty set canon. Things reset every 30 years or so, but there's a pretty set canon throughout, so I've kind of really taken my appreciation for canon to a lot of other things because of comic books, but... um a great comic book writer, Mark Wade, once like kind of put his idea of canon, like, and so I kind of try to do this personally, at least. Like, uh, he, he said that if there's something you don't like, you can kind of use like a selective canon. You just ignore it. <laughs> don't bring it up. Don't talk like about Jar Jar it. Like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So if you don't want to use Jar Jar, just, just ignore Jar Jar. Yeah. Maybe someone loves Jar Jar. That's cool. He can make a Jar Jar TV series. Right. I'm going to be creating it. Jar Jar's not going to be around. I'm going to ignore him. I'm just going to tell the story I want to tell without mentioning or bringing up Jar Jar. And so that's kind of how, like, I try to look at my 
you know, when I try to control myself from getting too angry because of something that messes up canon, <laughs> I try to tell myself, all right, no, it's just like this in my mind. It's just like this. It's just like this. Mm. Man, that's good. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Brooke, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Low pass production. We know it's coming. <laughs> we want to be part of your canon. We want to help tell the story. We want to cover it. We want to be first. We want to be first to break this. And uh, hey, you've had an incredible, incredible career. I can't believe you're what a 13 year veteran now. That's right. Wow. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I've seen the total transformation. You go from a low post guy. Now you're shooting threes. Now you're shooting fadeaway threes. And I got to see what's next in the next six or seven years. You know what? Who right. knows what you'll be doing? You know, right. hook I shots from threes. You know what? Let's let's Blood start that trend. Days. Let's start that trend, you know? But uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And all the best. And I, and I mean that. All the best. I know you guys are right there um, competing for the championship this mm -hmm. year and uh thanks for talking about everything except basketball with us that we, we love that and any anytime yes. you always are welcome and uh i gotta start calling you on the road now so we can talk about yeah you know just you know yeah. just comics yeah. you know? so we can catch up on <laughs> we gotta all catch up you know what i mean <laughs> yes. yeah you, we gotta catch up and, and and i gotta ask you one last thing before we leave one last thing before we leave here club 33 <laughs> I, I need I need an insight. I, how do I how how do how do we get in? How do we get into yeah. this? So I'm I'm one of those people who tries to be pretty secretive about Club Thirty Three. Like yeah, I yeah. usually like it's one of those first rule Fight Club. Don't talk about Fight Club. That's usually my deal. Yeah. But but you know, BJ, um, next time we're in LA, we're, we're going there. Then then you get to know. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. A, a little a little secret info. Doing the yes. bubble, did you get into Club 33 during the Ooh, bubble? Oh, that's a good there? question. That's a good question. <laughs> hey, inquiring minds want to know. Because, Brooke, that's the only I was watching the bubble and everyone else was looking at the game. I was like, I wonder if Brooke's Yeah, where are the Lopez twins? Yeah, yeah where are the Lopez twins? You know, they were the only two guys that looked like they were having a great time. Everyone else was complaining about everything. I'm like... I bet you those two are in Club 33 right now. Oh, I, uh, I have to say, well, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot. I was, I was going to say, can I still get in trouble? Is this some sort of like grandfather <laughs> thing? <laughs> I don't think so. All right, you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer. You know, we want you to come back. We don't want to put you on the hot seat. You're right. You're right. <laughs> we don't put you on the hot seat. Appreciate that. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brooke, thanks so much for coming on Pushing Through. We wish you luck for the rest of the season. We're happy we didn't have to talk about basketball today. And uh, we wish you, uh, you know, keep, keep watching Disney Plus, keep watching Prime Video in the hotel room, and hopefully, you can get through all these series. That's the good side of the pandemic. We all had more time to watch what we wanted to watch and uh, and get back to you know what we love on the big screen. So that's been cool too. Absolutely true. And Brooke, if you get to the finals this year, there's going to be a guy that's going to be in the stands <laughs> with a purple lightsaber. That's me. <laughs> that's purple lightsaber. I'll be looking. I'm Mace Windu. I'm Mace Windu, <laughs> and I'm coming with a purple lightsaber, and uh, it's just going to be you and I. We're going to be only that's two good. in the building. I'm see that. That's going to give me the energy that I need. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> May the force be with you, my friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. You too, BJ. You too. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Brooke. You're the best. All right. No problem. Thank Thanks you, guys. For Thanks for coming on. Yep. Yeah, anytime. Anytime, BJ.